This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Good morning. This is Roger Wise, and uh, this is Valley Views at KLZR. This morning, we're going to be visiting with John Carroll. John Carroll's a veteran service officer here in Custer County, Colorado, and uh, this is... Um, his job is that he runs the veteran service office. We're going to talk about outreach to uh, veterans here in the Custer County. John, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Not too bad, Roger. Thank you for uh, having me today. John, I wonder if you could just tell us briefly, what does the veteran service office do? So the veteran service office, it's a statewide program. I'm actually under the Colorado Division of Veterans Affairs, and each county is basically told by the state to provide veteran services. There are some counties that don't have enough people, so they join counties together. But here in Custer County, we are, I believe, above 19% uh, veteran population per capita. So obviously we have a, a veteran service officer need here. What I do is I assist veterans with compensation claims through the VA, getting enrolled in VA healthcare, directing veterans to resources as far as home loans and anything VA-related that they may be in need of. I can also do things like request medals, request information from the different military branches. If you need a DD-214 because you lost it when you got out of the military, I can request those from the National Archives. There's a long list of things that I can do. And then also, in addition to my normal VA-related jobs, I also have assistance with food for veterans. I am a registered food bank partnering with my neighbor's cupboard in Penrose, Colorado. And then... Uh, I also can offer snow plowing to veterans that are in severe financial distress, uh, specifically my senior veterans and, and disabled veterans. I would like to mention that you can contact the Veteran Service Office at 719-783-9470 or veterans at CusterCountyGov. Dot com. John, you have an office here in town. What kind of office hours do you have? So my normal office hours are Monday through Thursday, 8 to 4. Uh, I can do appointments on Friday if, if a veteran is not able to make those hours. And I can also do uh, home visits as well if a veteran is un unable to come into the office. In your introduction, you mentioned uh, DD-214. That might be sort of underground slang that the rest of the world doesn't know about. Uh, <laughs> would you? Would that indicate that uh, we'd look at we're looking at honorable discharged veterans? I can do just about anything as long as they don't have a dishonorable discharge. Most of the services that the VA officer offers is for anything that's other than honorable and above. Uh, so. If someone is is struggling with their discharge, I can even help with that. If we if we if there's possibly a way to upgrade the discharge, well, certainly this morning what we would like to do is reach out to uh, our community to the Custer County veterans, and say that the Custer County veterans 
are welcome at, at John's office at, during those hours. Make a telephone call, make an appointment if there is something that that they need to, to, to talk about. And feel free to come into the veteran service office and, and talk. I will tell you that uh, personally, I walked into the to the VSO, and uh, John said, come in and sit down. How are you doing today? And we uh, talked a little bit about what we have in common. And uh, both of us uh, are uh, veterans. Both of us are infantry veterans. Both of us are from the working class of the NCOs <laughs> and the... Uh, uh, the enlisted men. So thank you so much for uh, coming in this morning and, and sharing some of this with us. So, John, I was just thinking about um, maybe you could share a little bit about your personal military experience. Absolutely. Believe it or not, I was, I was going to go join the Coast Guard, but the uh, recruiter was closed and the Marine Corps recruiter next door uh, thought I had a very nice car and then he showed me a lot of videos. So I, I started out in the Marine Corps Ended up in the infantry, uh, was in a scout sniper platoon, and did uh, a lot of interesting things in the Marine Corps. Never served any time in combat. Got out in 1998 and was actually an auto body technician for a couple of years. And then September 11th happened, and I decided I was definitely in the wrong career. So uh, I went back to the Marine Corps, and they said, well, absolutely, we'll let you back in, but we're not going to guarantee we'll let you back in as a, as a corporal. And... Uh, can't guarantee we'll let you back in the infantry. So I went next door to the Army, and the Army said, well, we'll let you in the infantry. We, we'll let you keep your rank. Uh, you don't have to go to training, and we'll give you a bonus. So I, I, I became a soldier. So my experience was that there's the three things I want to be is airborne, ranger, and infantry. And <laughs> How many of those things are... Uh, well, uh, I never wanted, I, I saw the towers at Fort Benning and had absolutely zero desire to ever jump out of a perfectly good airplane. So most of my career, I actually was uh, in a striker unit, one of the first striker units. And uh, we, uh, we did all the transitioning from a light infantry unit to a mechanized infantry unit. I served two tours in Iraq, uh, one in Afghanistan. One tour in Iraq was in a striker unit, and my tour in Afghanistan was in that same striker unit. I've also served as a drill sergeant, uh, trained well over 4,000 recruits. Uh, I've served as a basic officer leadership instructor, training new, uh, newly commissioned officers as they first come out of their commissioning sources. I've worn a lot of hats in the military. <laughs> I was just wondering if you you might just clarify just a little bit for us the transition uh, that is the difference between light infantry and mechanized. Well, a light infantryman, everything that they own is on their back in whatever pack they can fit it in. That means all the food, water, bedding, anything ammunition related, it's all on your back. That's how I actually started in the Marine Corps, uh, and when I went to the striker unit, I had no idea what to do without everything on my back, because the strikers would get us very close to where we needed to be and drop us off, and then they'd pick us up, and all of our food and water and ammunition and everything was on the trucks. So it, 
I considered myself lighter than light infantry because we were definitely faster. I, my personal experience is that um, uh, I was in the light infantry and uh, we were air mobile and that was it. Yeah, you got dropped someplace and you had everything to survive and two or three days later you got extracted. And I was really happy not to be in one of those mechanized units. I thought they were too big of a target. I can definitely say that uh, after my first tour in a striker in, in Iraq, I didn't want to be in any other vehicle because I couldn't possibly tell you how many times that vehicle saved my life. Uh, it, it, it's an amazing piece of equipment, and I am really glad to have been in one. John, earlier this morning we were talking about some of the services that you provide and the outreach to our community, and we have a significant number of veterans, relatively speaking, in this county. Many of them, as you mentioned, were Vietnam. And I'd like to take this moment to reach out to the entire community and the Vietnam veterans. And if you know a Vietnam veteran in our community, reach out to them and let them know that they're welcome to come to uh, the Vietnam to the Veteran Service Office. John, do you have any idea how many Vietnam veterans and and what kind of outreach can we provide for them? Well, you did ask me a difficult question. I don't have exact numbers. The The problem that I'm running into as far as this county, we are very remote, and the veterans that come here, a lot of them are here because we are remote, and they want to be hidden. And, you know, I understand that, but there are things that I can do to uh, improve their life. I mean, just yesterday, I had a veteran call me and he has been working on his, his VA claim for 23 years and been denied and denied and denied. And yesterday he called me, and, and he very, very happy because he had just been awarded 100% service connection permanent and total, which means he and his wife just got a huge load off their minds as far as their financial. There are so many things that happen to you in the military, even just a hearing loss claim is people don't even think about what you were exposed to in the military. For Vietnam vets, none of them were ever issued earplugs, even in basic training, to, to fire a weapon. And then you go to combat and you never wear earplugs. So I've got Vietnam veterans that I can't even you know hold a conversation across the desk without yelling at them. And they're waiting 50 years to come and see me. You know, but as far as demographics, you know, the majority of my veterans, of course, and that's nationwide, is Vietnam veterans. Our next highest demographic now is post-9-11 veterans. And we've got a lot that are moving in uh, to this community. Uh, just to, to um, sort of emphasize the hearing loss, uh, so if you were on a, a, a fire base with some 8-inch guns, you might think... <laughs> I'm making a claim. <laughs> so hearing loss is, is, is uh, it's, I almost feel like I need to, to have a, an ad on the side of a bus or something like that because I have been very successful this year in, in completing hearing loss claims. And normally what you need for a VA claim for compensation, you need to have something in your military medical record that shows a injury or, or disease or any, or something like that. 
and then you need a current diagnosis. So for a Vietnam veteran, if you were exposed to Agent Orange, I need to be able to show that A, you were in Vietnam, and then I need a current diagnosis. For hearing loss and tinnitus, what I need is not anything in your medical records. I just need to be able to write a statement of what your job was, and then I just start looking at what you were exposed to. I have been able to get a cook from the 70s, a hearing loss claim, because he was in a field kitchen. So they were exposed to, you know, trucks of all types and generators and all the noisy stuff in the kitchen. Uh, I've been able to get an admin clerk from the 60s, a hearing loss claim, because we all know that the, you know, the teletype machines and and all of that were extremely loud. So just that statement, the VA will then call you in for a hearing test and they'll look at what you your hearing test was from MEPS when you originally went into the military, if that's even available, and then look at the statement. And I've actually had all of my hearing loss claims go through. So, John, thank you very much for coming in today. Uh, my name is Roger, and you're listening to Valley Views. And we've been talking with John Carroll from the Veterans Service Office. You can contact John at 719 783 9470 or email veterans at custercountygov.com. John's also located at the Veteran Service Office, which is at 615 Rosita Avenue in Westcliff. That is across from the courthouse. John, thank you very much for coming in today. I would like to uh, just emphasize what you what your last comments were. For Vietnam veterans, if you were in Vietnam, you were exposed to Agent Orange. Absolutely. If you have anything on your DD-214 that says you were in Vietnam, you are a presumptive for Agent Orange. And I implore you, to, if you have not sought any compensation from the VA, I implore you to please come in and talk to me. Unfortunately, I've had Vietnam veterans wait until they are terminal with Agent Orange-related issues, and it's too late at that point. I, I, I want to help now. John, thank you so much for coming in today. John, would you come back and talk to us again at some time? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 